It's kind of nerve-wracking, like what's going to be ahead. Like you don't know if you're going to enjoy it or if you're not going to enjoy it. It's really hard the first day to like meet new people when you don't know anybody. And you just like, sometimes you just wish you were at home. It's like, why did I even bother? God, if your life had a face, I would punch it. Yeah. Wait, what? Let me ask you something. Why would you make the point of saying someone's not a genius? You think I'm especially not a genius? Veronica, why are you pulling my dick? Suck my fat one, you cheap dime store hood. Welcome everyone to another installment in the greatest moments in the history of forever. I'm Zach. Matt. And this is episode 12, Bug Juice, season one, part one. (laughs) And uh, it's a doozy. Arguably the greatest moment in the history of forever. (laughs) Yeah, quite possibly. (laughs) Okay, Bug Juice is a Disney Channel reality series that premiered on February 28th, 1998. The series focuses on around 20 kids and their experiences at summer camp. Together, the kids work hard to excel in their activities and become friends. Uh, Season 1 takes place in Waterford, Maine at Camp Waziata, which is a camp that has been in operation since 1922. The camp is broken down into two sessions. Each session is four weeks. And this was the summer of 97 when this takes place. Good year. <laughs> right. Um, so neither of us went to summer camp. No, but we're seemingly obsessed with it. <laughs> yeah, we definitely are... You know, living vicariously in our (laughs) late 20s, early 30s (laughs) through, you know, 12 to 15 year olds at camp (laughs) from 1997. (laughs) It just seems like they're having such a good time. Yeah. Um, It's kind of a strange show to even exist. I mean, reality TV didn't really hit like its big peak, you know, for another five, six years after this, probably like, I don't know, it didn't. This was pretty yeah. early on in the idea of reality television. Yeah, and, and it's really, a kids show. Disney didn't really carry the the torch for this show for very long. It only lasted three seasons. Yeah, um, but I and I, I don't know why. Yeah, me neither. It's it's a great idea, and I mean, I think maybe what it was was they they just caught lightning in a bottle with that season one, and they tried to recapture the magic with other camps and other kids and. The following seasons, but it just was never the they same. They should have stuck with Waziata. Yeah. Uh, me and my sisters watched season one and then were excited about the idea of season two and then found out it was a completely different camp with completely different kids. Yeah. Just I never that. even bothered. Uh, yeah. I was completely like, out. <laughs> it was a betrayal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so... Well, just to give like some more background too, because this is like inconsequential to the actual show, but we're seemingly obsessed with talking about like the dynamics of the camp. Like we were trying to figure out if there was some sort of religious element, but no, at, yeah, it doesn't. Seem it doesn't like seem it. it, but it does seem like 
based on other information that w- has come to us, it does seem like some degree of financial. Yeah. E- even though it doesn't look Not like super rich, yeah. I'd say like upper middle class, right? For oh, the most part, yeah. I mean, let's just say the type of kids that are attending D one school. <laughs> yeah, uh, mo- mostly League. like good schooling yeah. out of this. Um, or you know maybe they all got scholarships. That's because true. They yeah. went to camp and became smarter. Hardworking kids with just good ethics. <laughs> yeah, and so like the show kind of centers around like the daily lives of campers uh, in their very early teens, uh, for the most part. Um, you know, like they can't uh, do anything. Like there are rules. Like they can't like eat candy. Yeah, they can't even eat candy, let alone, like, you know, drink and smoke cigarettes and, like, be wild. Go into town. Yeah, and, I mean, there there definitely is some fraternizing between the boys and girls, but it isn't, Absolutely. like... Absolutely. It isn't, you know... Uh, at it's least, mostly G-rated. Yeah, I mean, on the show, it isn't... <laughs> on screen? It isn't shown as being, like, anything too salacious or No, anything. well, yeah. Um, so it's mostly, like, good white bread kids not you know pretty uh you know yeah i know <laughs> walking the line whatever uh walking the line so <clears throat> if you haven't seen it the only way to really watch it now is via youtube <laughs> which is how we watched it twice now in the course of one year <laughs> So you'd have to search Bug Juice Season 1, and then you can find playlists made for all 20 episodes, basically, of Season 1. And because for some reason, Disney just doesn't make everything available. I don't... Yeah, as of going right on. now, yeah. it's not on like Hulu or I don't know where the Netflix. special edition Blu-ray is, but... Yeah, it was never released there should on be DVD. like a anything. high demand for it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> all right, so... What makes this a greatest moment in the history of forever? I have an answer, but I'll let you go first. <laughs> well, I, w- I mean, just the storylines between all the little characters. So compelling. <laughs> there's just so- there's something for everybody. Something yeah. for everybody to relate to from their, their childhood. I mean, you got the cliques forming with the girls. There's all sorts of little politicking going on, backstabbing. Love it's- triangles. Yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, this is like a Fisher Price, my first reality show kind of thing. And it actually is way better than 99% of other reality shows, if not a hundred percent. This may in fact be the greatest reality show. Like, yeah, I would agree. It's just, it's, I think be, and a big part of that is probably due to the fact that re- reality shows weren't super popular yet. Uh, I doubt that most of these kids were, in fact, imitating characters from, like, let's say, the real world or something like that. Like, and so there's a purity to these kids. Like, they're not, they're not, they're not presenting themselves as characters. Yeah, they're not thinking like I'm going to be on TV. I need to act a certain way. Right. I think like despite conspiracy theories of them being actors. (laughs) Right. I mean. Which is insane. Yeah. Why would they waste their time (laughs) (laughs) presenting it as a reality show if it wasn't? But, um, yeah, and I think because of that, you get, like, some very uh, genuine moments, uh, some real 
emotion, some real opinion out of these kids where they're not. And they really just like throw things at you too. Like for some of the things, there's not really like a lot of build. Like <laughs> there, there's some real shocking moments. Like what? Give, what's a shock? I don't moment? know. Uh, not shocking. Shocking <laughs> might have been an overstatement. Let me step back off shocking. But like, I just feel like all of a sudden you're just throwing like you don't really see some of these like relationships developing, and then all of a sudden they just reveal that two chicks like the same dude. And we know which one's getting them. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, part of that is probably because uh, because of this show being so pure and kind of fly by the seat of their pants kind of thing. I don't think Disney necessarily provided insanely big camera crews that were covering every single second of every single day. I mean, I'm sure yeah. a, a ton of stuff happened you know, away from these filming crews. I guess there was one made up of men that that filmed the boys, and then it <laughs> sounds great. And then you know, one female crew that that was responsible for the girls, which was something that did cross my mind. I was like, are they just like dude cameramen just like hanging out in the girls' bunks all the time? Seymour <laughs> butts or whatever. <laughs> all right, so. The campers arrive, and immediately we find the greatest moment in the history—the greatest moments in the history of Forever's spirit animal and a camper named Megan, <laughs> who <laughs> you probably heard her voice here at the beginning of this episode. If, if, <laughs> yeah, if we stick if to we our original plan, yeah. <laughs> uh, she's. It's not that she's like overly gloomy, legend, or goth or anything. There's in fact another girl who kind of presents herself borderline goth, artsy. Yeah, this girl is just more like pessimistic and real. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. and kind of calls it like she sees it. She's a glass half empty type for sure, but like, but the right amount of half empty, just like complete self awareness. She just understands the world. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't have time to like dye her hair black and yeah. put on weird makeup and you know listen to she doesn't need to make a Marilyn statement Manson. Yeah. i mean she's just like straight shooter she, yeah she would find that stuff lame like yeah she just calls it as she sees or it. she would just be like i'm i i'm not cool enough to like dye my hair <laughs> yeah and i mean she's like a little redhead kind of and like has glasses <laughs> and it's just like every time she gets like her moment to speak in front of the camera, which is, you know, something similar to other reality shows where they they film the action as it happens, but then they also have like the campers have FaceTime with the camera to kind of talk about it or whatever. Confessional. Talk about <laughs> yeah. And uh every time she's like given that opportunity, it's pretty She's funny. reading her poetry. <laughs> yeah, she'll like be reading Jim like her super emo poetry or <laughs> whatever. Um Looks up at the camera for approval. (laughs) Did we say her name was Megan? Yeah. yeah. Megan, uh, a highlight for Megan is um, at one of the many dances that happened in the first session. Um, Did I explain how the sessions work? No. There are two sessions. Uh, Oh, wait. Yeah, you did say four weeks each. Yeah. Right. And sometimes some campers but stay for the yeah, full eight. There is the opportunity. The and option then some to say, leave yeah. after four. And Megan's a session one only girl. Uh, but there are enough dances just in any one session to really. Yeah, seemingly they have dances and talent shows 
every other night. Right. They alternate. Yeah. And uh, or a campfire. Yeah. And um, the dances are a opportunity for the boys and girls to, to get down. Yeah, to hook up. As far as you you know, as far as these kids were hooking up, I mean, right. which basically meant like dancing together and maybe a little bit of kissing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at least as far as we know, I mean, there could have been some more shady funny business, business yeah. going on <laughs> off camera, but like as far as we can tell, it's you know just dancing. But it was and, probably with the counselors and a lot of like words, like we're boyfriend girlfriend, we're going together, yeah, whatever, going steady, yeah. Like there is, that's basically the extent of a camp relationship. It's just words. We went down to the lake to hold hands, right? And so a lot of the girls are very happy with this opportunity and with their chance to, you know, hook up. But <laughs> Megan, not so much. <laughs> it's edited brilliantly because we have like a lot of scenes at the dance. We get some brief glimpses at, at Megan having something going on with a dude. We're not really sure what. And I think like... Unhappily as, dancing with yeah, a dude. Yeah, although like it kind of warms our hearts as an audience. Like this girl who kind of like sees herself as outside the circle and like wouldn't consider herself as one to get attention from, you know, some of the boys. She's, you know, this dude is really kind of like pursuing her. And we're like, all right, that's kind of nice for Megan. Smash cut to her crying in her bed at the bunk. <laughs> and they're like, what's wrong? The dude asked her out. She said yes. She didn't want it to happen. <laughs> she, she said yes because she couldn't say no, but was really yeah. not feeling this. Which we all know what it's like to just be like stuck in one of those relationships. <laughs> just how am I going to get out? Yeah, usually we're the ones with the girl that didn't want to be in it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure there's like a lot of girls crying in bed after I've asked them. But, uh, yeah, I mean, so like even this like ray of sunshine into her world is, is yeah. a disaster. <laughs> yeah. But it's funny, though, because by the end of session one, when she's gearing up to leave, you can tell that she has very much opened up to what She's Wazziata. galvanized by all the girls in the bunk, even though... There's not really a lot of tight bonds being formed between the girls. No, not in session one. No. Uh, the guys, on the other hand, are... Tight. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which uh, is a recurring theme through the 20 episodes of season one. Specifically because of one counselor that uh, is focused on in the show. It, it's... Focused on his bunk. Goes by the name of Rhett. Yeah, Rhett is all about uh, forming a really tight bond amongst the campers of Grove 4. Which he mentions repeatedly. I was really upset. I felt like we basically did not have the same goals. They don't see it as essential that they become close friends as long as they're not enemies. Um, And I can't force them to be close friends, but I can certainly do my best to influence it. You can accomplish a lot more as a bunk than you can by yourself or with your one buddy. And, like, this goes for all of you. You two are friends from home. Okay, you guys got your own gig. Same thing with you two, you know. Malik's trying to do his own thing, and it's his first year. He doesn't really know anyone. Ace is a little bit younger. The summer's going to go by real quick. You don't want to walk away not knowing that potentially that person who left camp was someone who you really could have been friends with. 
And so I want you guys to do is like, I want to know what's going on right now, how you're feeling. Yes, he has like his little rap session at the end of each night where everyone sits around and they talk about it. And <laughs> sometimes that's not enough, though, and he's got to blindfold them and take them out into the woods and whisper in their ears. Literally. That okay, sounded so, like I was joking. No, that's completely yeah, yeah, real. Okay, so when I first meet Rhett, it's like, I mean, if you told me the dude is like anywhere, but if you told me he was like 19 or 31, like I'd believe either or. Like, I don't really know what's going on with this dude. He's like a counselor. But these kids, I mean, they buy into it. But, like, I mean, they must look back at this and just be like, what the fuck? Like, this dude is waking me up at, like, 2 in the morning, whispering in my ear, blindfolding me. And leading me out into the woods. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is insane. And he's he's obsessed with this idea, but, like, one of the things that comes across, especially through Rhett and even through pretty much everyone else at some point or another, is this like fatalistic idea of camp. It's like as soon as it starts, they're already talking about yeah. it being over. Yeah. There's an obsession with how these fast four weeks it's will fly go. by so fast. I'm telling you guys, it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> like they can't even get settled just, for a minute listen, before they're worried about it. Hey, man, I'm just trying to do some water skiing, like fucking. Cruising for babes around camp, like, listen. If I become friends with these dudes, that's cool. But like, I'm not obsessed. <laughs> yeah. With trying to force myself. He, to he have wants music. to make sure that everyone's gonna cry as much as him at the end of camp. <laughs> it's basically yeah, he is like a nonstop on. crying machine. It's weird too because, you know, now that we're older, four weeks is yeah. like nothing like it no. seems like it would go so fast and yet probably when you're that age four weeks feels like forever An eternity before yeah. it starts i mean obviously for them you know at this camp it probably at the end of it they're like wow that went by so fast and blah 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 but like you know four weeks is like it doesn't seem like enough even though you're like living with these people and spending every day with them it doesn't really seem like enough time to become friends yet it obviously is, and I'm not even disputing it. I mean, I know that for that age, hanging out with those people all the time, you would inevitably become friends with some or all of them. But, like, God, four weeks is like a blink of an eye now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just like nothing. Yeah, I mean, if somebody asked me what I did over the past four weeks, I'd be like, I saw two movies. Yeah, I'd be like, that's I don't it. know, and yeah. try to sleep as much as possible. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> And, you know, Rhett... <sighs> Red is great because he's the only person that cries more than Megan. <laughs> he just, yeah, he just openly weeps uh, at the end of each session, and it's particularly great at the end of session two when camp is completely over and everyone's leaving for good. Um, he's meeting like some of the boys' parents and stuff, like and he's just like crying in front of them, <laughs> and like tears are literally falling off of his face onto the ground. And meanwhile, his like co counselor, like. Because there's yeah like a counselor adjacent. <laughs> of yeah, there's each, definitely two counselors for each, each group. But it, it his like co-counselor Morgan is just like get it together, dude. Like <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the parents are looking at this dude. Yeah, like, they're like, I the can't f- believe we sent our son to spend <laughs> eight weeks with at this, rape camp <laughs> <laughs> with this complete weirdo. Uh, yeah, I mean, it makes you wonder what was going on in Rhett's real life. <laughs> it does make you wonder. <laughs> Yeah, so the big, uh, as, as with like any like group of teenagers, like the big thing, you know, obviously is like pairing off into couples or whatever, and kind of having their first experiences 
uh, with, you know, romance. Um, something that we talked a little bit about in the lake and back to the lake, except this is like a little bit different because everyone's on the same level. It's not like, yeah, someone's coming in from out There's of a lot more competition around. Yeah. It's like, we're all kind of setting up an experiment out in the middle of the woods with a bunch of kids and putting them <laughs> together with their hormones. <laughs> uh, so we talked a little bit about that with Megan. Um, another girl camper that kind of pops in the first session is Stephanie and she's an eight week girl. She'll be the whole time. <laughs> Stephanie, a lot of drama. Yeah, Stephanie's like the drama queen. Yeah. Stephanie thinks that three other people like have mad crushes on her. And like if she likes somebody, she automatically thinks they like her back. And so everybody's just getting really agitated with that. Kind of like the inspiration for like Laguna Beach in future yeah. <laughs> like yeah. drama-based reality shows. She's got like, you know, curly hair, um, kind of like a like a outgoing like kind of personality bubbly yeah yeah but like the type of girl that like you know that even like in her junior high or high school or whatever she would be in at this point like she's probably pretty popular i mean she's she carries herself like someone's that's used to being popular unlike megan who's used to being ignored completely i imagine like uh stephanie's future was probably filled with a lot of dudes that said the following words She's a cool chick and did not maintain that stance. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. She seems a little know. girly. She, yeah. I don't know, but she's she very like warms up to people. Yeah, I, I don't know. She definitely like um could she could be the type of, of girl that kind of just like will adapt to whatever the dude she likes is doing like you she, know. I will say this: I, she definitely would only have one chick friend for the rest of her life. I mean, probably yeah. This she just can't be trusted. <laughs> if you're a girl, I mean, right. Um. So, her and Sarah, or is that how they say it, dude? This is like a big point of contention because. What Sarah, her name is like? Sarah. S, it's S, Sarah. S, I think it's Sarah. I know, but I swear they pronounce it different names or different names, different ways. Like yeah, it's like it's spelled like S A R A I. Yeah, and I don't know, Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. Okay, yeah, yeah. We'll just I go think with that. they go with Sarah most often. Yeah. Um, her and Sarah like the same dude, Connor. Connor's really nice. Um, I don't know, he's strong. He's nice to talk to. Now, Sarah, I mean, she seems like she's 10 years older than every other, like, 13-year-old there or something. Like, the way she talks, I don't... Yeah. She has, like, a self-awareness that's, like... I don't know. I don't know. Man, maybe we'll disagree. She's got, like, a very, like, forceful... They both like Connor, who wears a hat. That's pretty much all you can say about Connor. Yeah. He's a hat-wearing dude from Grove 4. Zero personality, but he seems pretty cool. (laughs) Uh, yeah, pretty quiet, but like the quiet hat wearing Just type. like don't talk, be skinny and wear like a backwards hat and you're like fucking good. Right. And we'll <laughs> find that out in session two. Yeah. Um, so Stephanie, you know, wins out in the end, obviously she's definitely going to win out every time she gets involved. It wasn't a, you know, love thing. He was just nice looking and Stephanie got him. And her and Connor kind of become like an item. 
And it's the first time that Stephanie kind of gets involved in a situation where she kind of comes across as the villain, but gets herself out of it it. by crying. (laughs) A recurring theme. I know that a boy that I really like likes me back. But he doesn't want to go with me. I don't really care. But long as he likes me But back. he likes you, but he doesn't want to go with you? What's up with that? Because he wants to go with Stephanie. She didn't start liking him until I started liking him. And this is the second person that told me that she did this to them. Sara, not too happy with Stephanie's methods. In- well, this is like the, the thing that I'm talking about with Sara. Because she's, she's kind of immediately like she th- sees it kind of like not going away. She sees She's like... She sees, like, kind of Connor, like, uh, warming up to Stephanie or whatever. And she's just immediately like, well, I just thought he was cute, you know? Like, I was never, I never really cared. I just thought he was cute. Like, it's just like, she's already guarded. (laughs) Well, right, yeah. She's definitely protecting herself there. Um, But, you know, her response to kind of, like, seeing this unfold in front of her is she immediately starts holding court with just seemingly random chicks from camp. (laughs) Just... Yeah, they're definitely, whenever there isn't like a dance or a campfire or a talent show, there seems to be like this kind of social hour on the basketball courts at night. <laughs> uh, it's, I mean, it is dark out, but it's probably goes on from like 8.30 to like 9 or something like that, <laughs> and then they have to go to bed. Right. But like, yeah, she kind of is, you know, given her perspective, and Stephanie kind Look, of I just wanders it was cute over, too, but... <laughs> and... They have their, like, little... Well, first, Jenny comes in, Stephanie's fucking right-hand man. Right. Who's got to, like, stand tall for her all the time and be like, look, why are you saying shit on Stephanie? Like, let's squash this. Meanwhile, like, if Jenny was ever fucking dating a chick that Stephanie... Or a dude that Stephanie had her eye on... Yeah. I mean, she would... She would uh, her throat bury, would be slit yeah, in two seconds. Yeah, bury Jenny in a second. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Sarah is, like, kind of confronting Stephanie saying that she heard that Stephanie was like talking some shit on her or whatever. And Stephanie's way out of these kind of things is just to start crying. And you got to give it to her because it works. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, or even Sarah if she doesn't start crying, she announces that she cried. Backpedaling. <laughs> yeah, like, like whoa, 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 well, we can still be friends. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, cool. it's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I mean, Stephanie has got it fucking figured out. Like, <laughs> she turns on those white girl waterworks and people start losing their minds. Just, no one knows what to do. Everyone crumbles. So, yeah, her and Connor become a thing until, for whatever reason, he Connor's decides really- to break up with her right before he leaves. <laughs> which well, is legendary which, in again, so many ways. Brilliant editing on the show again because they're like, they cut to like a confessional of Stephanie. And she's like, yeah, I mean, you know, I just really like Connor. Like, you know. He's really cool and he's nice and he's like strong and stuff. And then it like cuts to like him and he's just like, yeah, the thing about like Stephanie is I don't really like her. <laughs> She's just like annoying. <laughs> um, yeah. So he's he, Connor is a session one only guy and he's like, I got to get out of this before. Mm. I'm not even going to pretend like most dudes I think would be like probably a little bit intimidated to have to like break up with a girl face to face like at that age and right. you know like the especially i don't know how much experience connor has from back home but like it might be his first time doing it and i think a lot of guys would just be like well i can get out of this i don't need yeah. to do that i can just leave and never see her and again yeah and there's no pressure really yeah 
She, I think, is from Michigan, and he was from Connecticut. I mean, there was no hope of it's this over. lasting. Yeah. So, like, you know, I can just run home to Connecticut and never have to deal with this again. But instead, he does he's the mature like, thing. He's <laughs> like, you know what, peace, bitch. <laughs> He's like, he's like, I'm gonna hit it and quit it. And yeah, get I out mean, of here. it is kind of. It's like the reverse of the end of Wet Hot American Summer. Like, he's like Connie Moreau, and she's Michael Showalter. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um. So, session one kind of signals like the end of session one kind of signals like a transitional period for season one, like. The girls had a harder time coming together. Um, there was beef between a girl named Keisha and Jenny. Jenny, right over. off the bat, a dude Hassan, a pretty cool dude from the the boys' bunk that is seemingly universally liked. I'm really guy crazy. <laughs> oh, you little freak! No kidding. <laughs> I like Leah's brother, Hassan. Uh, I think he is the most gorgeous guy I've ever met. You gotta fight. Oh no, you don't like him. Oh yes, I do. Oh no, you don't. The fight is. I can't hear you. I'm getting him. I'm getting him. Not just by the dudes. I mean, lots of chicks interested. In always Hassan. chasing after him, and and he is just like beating him away. Like he's not interested. Nah. that's the greatest part out of the whole Jenny Keisha thing is that Hassan ultimately not interested in either of them. No. So that's and why it's later, like less not of an impactful. Another chick, yeah, yeah, it's less impactful of a storyline. Um, Hassan really kind of like creating a lot of lessons for a young generation. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just don't care, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like you don't got time for this, especially <laughs> yeah. since like no offense, but like I want to spend my time water skiing. Keisha and Jenny, like, not you know at stephanie level let's just put it like that i mean they're not there's nothing really that exciting going on there um we also have uh kind of just rounding out we have caitlin who is like a lot of moving pieces a chubby uh goth ish type girl who wears Arts really crafts, baggy yeah. jeans tool shirts kind of very into pottery <laughs> dark hair nine inch nails um she's an eight weeker yeah. Uh, her Stephanie, Keisha, although and, much to her fucking chagrin, yeah. as she always talks about just wanting to go home. Yeah, she uh, tries to leave camp and is basically shut her down by her parents <laughs> over the phone. Why don't you just stay like a little bit longer, <laughs> Mom? I want to come home, Mom. I hate it here because it sucks, Mom. I gave it two weeks. After five days, I wanted to come home. I don't care. I just want to come home. I don't want to. I don't want to stay here. I can't stay here, Mom. Mom, I can't make the most of it. No, there isn't. You weren't. You're not here, are you? You're at home. So you're gonna make me stay here? Oh, thanks. Thank you. Fine. I love you. Bye. So yeah, Sarah, Keisha, Caitlin. And Stephanie are the eight-week girls. Uh, Megan, Which, like, what a group of misfits. Because, like, aside from, like, Keisha and Sarai be, or Sarah being friends, I mean, none well, of those girls Caitlin really... Caitlin is friends with, like, Keisha and, to a lesser extent, Sarah. Stephanie's first, really the odd one out. Well, what? yeah, in, in whatever way, it ends up being, like, the island of misfits <laughs> in session Well, two. yeah, they lose Megan, 
Jenny, Lauren, La- a girl named Lauren, and a girl named Allison. Lauren, who's one of Stephanie's only allies, because they have a bonding moment that they're both kind of like getting down with dudes at one of the dances, and, and Stephanie's like, "Girl, we had a good night." And again, like Lauren is like feeding right into her bullshit, but like again, if there was like ever a dude that was interested in Lauren that Stephanie had her sights on, yeah, I mean, forget it. So, <laughs> um. Allison, her her only real calling card is that she seems to be obsessed with the Spice Girls and brings them up in multiple conversations in different episodes. <laughs> yeah, and she's like kind of a goof, but she's like nice, and she she's, she kind of has a thing going with with that Jason, with Jason, who is also from uh, Grove Four. He's basically insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> he's such an ass. Yeah, like I mean, he's just like. Yeah, he thinks he's like a creative writer, and his writing is terrible. Yeah, he's such, <laughs> and his his hair stinks. Yeah, and he like, thinks he's, he's set all loser. <laughs> he thinks he can like set all these like competitive records for Camp Waziata. Meanwhile, like if you were fucking at this camp, you would have been fucking owning every. <laughs> I would have toasted him in the hundred yard dash, no questions asked. I might have had him on distance running, but like, <laughs> uh, and and by the way, this dude that like thinks he's like so cool and funny, he like can't do the swimming test at the beginning at the beginning of the session they make you do a swimming test so that you can participate in all the, like the water, water skiing, sports canoeing etc so he, he like won't do it or whatever so if you don't do it they make you take swim lessons for the whole session right with like children yeah like basically <laughs> yeah. like six and seven right, and eight right, year old right. kids so i mean he has to carry this humiliation around with him for although uh lauren awesome from hill four yeah. also a part of that group right um and then, yeah, so we have Jason, and he is a session one only guy. Uh, so God. is Connor. So is uh, Everett. Right? Is that his name? Yeah, we barely even yeah, see he's, him. He's, he's just like, like Connor's, Connor's friend yeah. from back home, but he's right. tangentially involved. Uh, Andy, little Andy, he's uh, session one only. His uh, best friend, John, who's two sessions. but Yeah, John, John, who we'll get to more in part two of our bug juice discussion, <laughs> who's like the biggest heel well, on the show. Was the big moment with him in part two or part, in session one or session two? Session two. Okay. Um, John, who's a full-time eight-weeker. Uh, Malik and Hassan, also Both, eight-weekers. Yeah. Asa, an eight-weeker, who I believe was only put into Grove 4 for this show. Uh he was only 12. Everyone else is 14, minimum f- like 14, 14 15, it seems yeah. like. Maybe there were a couple people that were like 13-ish, but like he's significantly younger than everyone. Um, and probably like, <laughs> probably like <laughs> skipping over like a couple people, but they're not really memorable. No. Um, There's M- Martha from the girls' bunk who has approximately two oh, speaking right. lines on screen. Yeah. Poor Martha. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Like these shows, you know, with commercials and stuff, were like twenty two, twenty four minutes, and some of these storylines take some time to play out. Plus, they want to show like the generic camp stuff. Like they have these trips that are called adventure bound things that they go out. Stink. Yeah, they go out into the woods and camp and canoe and stuff. Those are always the worst episodes. You know, montages of like pottery being made and horses being ridden and And, like kids pretending like they're having fun. Yeah, I mean. There isn't a whole lot of time to dedicate to like the campers that weren't popping. Like, yeah, yeah. You needed to make if an you didn't impact. Like, get, yeah, it, it's like you got to grab the brass ring and like get yourself involved with the storyline, and you're gonna get some screen time. Yeah, 
And I think Stephanie knew that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and the girls' uh, counselor or whatever is uh, Luna. Sometimes they call her lunatic. Although Actually, they, they never, never do. do. <laughs> uh, Luna is... We um, don't know what's going on Yeah, here. Luna is seems I mean, old. she's a sweetheart, but... Yes, she's very nice and very, like, very much a hippie. And so, I mean, if we do the... I mean, how old was she at this time? She was probably no older. I think she was older. I think she was close to thirty. Um, and which would make her close to fifty now. Yeah, I believe I could be wrong. She's still a counselor. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I yeah, she's definitely older than Rhett, and she's definitely older than the other girl. Uh, the other girl's counselor, Annie, and. She's just, she is very much almost a mother figure to the girls. Yeah, she's definitely a sweetheart. She has her hands full with these personalities in her yes. bunk. Especially when multiple campers are trying to leave, which is never, it was never an issue that we saw with, with the boys' cabin. The, right. None of the boys were ever trying to leave early. Yeah. Uh, several girls try and one eventually succeeds, which we can get yeah. to that later. Um and then, you know, on the flip side, we have Rhett and Morgan, who... <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on with those two. But in session one, the boys definitely seem closer and become oh, definitely. a more cohesive yeah. They They unit. do buy into, like, Rhett's fucking bullshit. <laughs> like, yeah, and, you know, they since they lose basically half their cabin after the first session, it's kind of a struggle for them to get it back. Well, I think, like, a good, also, just to go back to, like, Luna real quick, like, a good, like, line of hers that kind of, like, encapsulates, you know, what her attitude, and you probably get, like, a good idea of her, like, background. She's kind of talking about the girls from her bunk and why there's, like, some problems and stuff, and she's like, all you know, all the girls are, you know, trying to, like be popular, you know, whatever that means. <laughs> For girls, especially I think at a co-ed camp, there's this weird tension about I need to look pretty, I need to be popular, whatever that means. I need to be cool because that's what I've always been told. She didn't have time for popularity. No. She was very much a, an earthy girl. <laughs> I'm, I imagine she spent a lot of time with the art teacher in middle right. and high school. Yeah. Um queen though for sure <laughs> so <clears throat> it's an emotional time when session one ends but and they they do give session one even like way more episodes really uh they get episodes one yeah, through ses- 11 session two kind of short changed because there's yes. 20 episodes total but episode 20 is like it's like the time capsule book. episode yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, like, episode 1 through 11 is session 1, and episodes 12 through 19 is uh, session 2. Right. And then 20 is kind of the retrospective. Um, And even, like, a lot of session 2 kind of still focuses on the characters that carried over from session 1. Like, you meet, like, a a new crew of characters that come into each respective bunk, but... A lot of them don't have a lot to offer. The girls definitely more so than the than the new boys. But yeah, the session two for the girls' cabin is a huge upgrade. Yeah, for the guys, the four a lot of jobbers come in yeah. are just nobodies really. Mm-hmm. The only one who even factors the social in outcasts is the new Andy. 
and we'll get to that later. But right. he's the only, only one that even yeah factors into the main storyline. Story yeah. So, what else was there? Anything else with session one that we should cover? I mean, maybe we can talk about like Peanut. <laughs> <laughs> Peanut is like kind of the head counselor. He doesn't. He's not like. Those two like random old white people, like the man and the the <laughs> yeah. husband and wife, they seem to be like the owners, like they yeah, run the whole deal. They but, don't like, really get involved with the Peanuts, like the manager, like the day to day guy, and he's like the coach. They have like a intercamp. I don't know if that's the right phrasing. Uh, they have like a camp basketball basketball team. team, both boys and girls, and they play like other camps, I guess, in the general area. Yeah. Um. And he's like the coach for both of those, and he's kind of like an idiot. Yeah, he's very competitive about it too, even though he acts like, "Oh, you know, everyone." Even no cut posts. Yeah, everyone blah, makes blah, the blah. team, but you know, notice like Malik and Hassan never come out of the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's like Russell Westbrook and uh, <laughs> yeah, Kevin Durant right. of the uh, yeah. Wazziata basketball team. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just. Uh, that yeah. seems like kind of a, a throwaway portion is like when they focus on the basketball stuff. Right, uh, but they do do it in both sessions. The girls get the focus in, in session the se- Yes, yeah. because they get two new campers who are basically better than Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, but, yeah, I guess like the big moment with Peanut is when, in session one, is when all the boys are running out in the rain. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There's like a lightning storm coming on, and he just comes flying in like a bat out of hell to yell at him (laughs) (laughs) yeah they are running around in a lightning storm uh sliding around in the mud and stuff and seem to be having a lot of fun but you know it's too dangerous for but there is like a lot of i don't know um all right so tune in to the next episode i guess to hear the rest of our discussion of bug juice season one Uh, a lot of big things still yet to come in fact yeah. I know, like you, kind of you're kind of like one of the boys from Grove Four. Like you could yeah. not get over session one, and I'm like, dude, session two is so much better. You know why? Because all they talk about during session two is how great session one is, and we got to try the to guys. Well, yeah, okay. And I never cared about their bump. They stink. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, session even session two though, it's like the girls or even the girls in session two is just like, uh, all of a sudden like they're all bonding together, like they form like. There was clicks within the girls, and then they all lose kind of like their counterparts, and then like the remainders just form a click. Like we didn't have any reason to like each other before, but now we're the originals, so we're automatically together. Yeah, and it's kind of like in the wire when like, oh, <laughs> you're the first person I think to compare Bug Juice with the Wire. What the two greatest shows of all time, Bug Juice and the Wire? Uh, okay, but like, <laughs> I just like when I first watched the Wire. Like, the first time through, when, like, Marlo and his crew show up. Okay. You're like, who are these assholes now? <laughs> like, at first, I'm just kind of like, like, you first start watching, you're like, okay, Avon and Stringer are, like, the villains. But then they kind of, like, they grow on, you're like, oh, no, like, you like these guys. And then, like, Marlo and his new crew, like, just come rolling. And that's, like, Cammy and all them. Like, they just Whoa. show up, like... Like, like we run Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> we run Waziata. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean, I know what you're saying, but yeah. I mean, you're completely wrong. Right, okay. <laughs> well, the second time I watched The Wire, though, I loved Marlo and his crew. So I'm just saying, you know. Yeah, session two, I think, 
as far as the girls go, the girls replace like a lot of their weaker links with more interesting people. As far as the guys go, <laughs> more interesting. Oh, I'm Molly and I play tennis. Shut up. <laughs> How dare you? But like for the guys though, they they Oof. the the new campers that come into Grove 4 are just like, oof. They are the worst. <laughs> and none, like we said, none of them really make much of an impact. No. I mean, they're just terrible. Yeah. Um, we try- get, let's tease a few things for the next episode. We have one camper leave. Yeah. Abruptly, we have uh, and pretty controversial. <laughs> we have two major love triangles play out. One of which establishes the biggest heel in the history of yeah. forever, <laughs> as far as we're concerned. Yeah. Yeah. Someone who should have literally been killed <laughs> at camp. Right. Um, we have some tearful farewells to close it out. And then we have a Where Are They Now video that was posted to YouTube <laughs> that we can comment on a yeah. little bit. Well, yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. We might have some other stuff, too, but it'll be great. Yeah. Like I said, you know, if you're interested in the checking out the show, it's on YouTube. That's really the only place I think you can find it at this point. Hopefully it never gets deleted. <laughs> For our annual rewatching. Biannual. Uh, you can find us on Podbean and uh, maybe eventually some other social media outlets. I don't know. Whatever. We're kind of just doing whatever we want. Uh, all right. Check back for part two. See ya.